Well, see, my thing with this also is like I have to Zoom every single day for school. Yeah. So, so it doesn't feel like a hangout to me most of the time. It feels like I'm still in school. I teach is I make yeah. comedy PowerPoints and try to tell my students how to structure dialogue. So yeah. we can't really rely on that as a means for fun. Yeah. Who's getting the motorcycle in their background? Is that you, Vroom? Oh, Vroom Vroom. Yeah, that's me. No beep beep, we say. I know. Nice. Well, the only things I hear, I think the main difference between Jersey City and New York is that we either have all sirens all the time or we mm -hmm. have drag racing. <laughs> But guys, let's here's roll. The thing. Let's rumble. Let's yeah, rumble. now we're okay. Guys, times are twisted. Oh, we should probably play our favorite song to kick everything off. We haven't even started. We haven't even played the song. Play I gotta song. hear the song. I'm dying to hear the song. Can I say we're also coming up on the year anniversary of our first posting? I think we posted the first episode in April of last year. You can say whatever you want. I can say whatever I want. Brave New World. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, who is Jude Law? Why is he in every movie I have seen? He's in everything. He's in everything. He's gay. He's straight. He's American. He's British. Next day he's playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the movie. Forgive my compromised sense of humor. I did want to answer our host question. Jude Law is he's, he's one of our finest actors. Hello and welcome to Law School, a podcast about Jude Law. I'm Fran Hoffner. I'm Caroline Simons. What is up? <laughs> twisted times call for twisted measures. What movie did we say we had to watch? Well, let's just let's give the folks some context about. All right. So we we live on Earth. Um, it's welcome. 20, it's 2020. We're all in our own houses. There is a a massive global pandemic happening. And we were trying to figure out how to move forward with this podcast. What what Jude Law vehicle do we discuss in this sort of twisted, difficult time? Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Don't know if you remember this from about 2018. Yes. This movie could have come out any year, but it did come out in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> it could have come out in any year, just... Tethered to nothing, abides by no rules, a truly chaotic film that I think as a, as a joke, Fran and I back and forth would be like, haha, let's watch Grindelwald next, but then always being like, oh God, I don't want to do that. Like always well, just kind of threw it out there as a funny option, but just being like, would I actually sit through this probably would be painful. The Crimes of Grindelwald has been on HBO I think it was just released on HBO, honestly. <laughs> and I, someone who has access to my account watched half of it and left it halfway through. And it has been that way probably since, like, February of 2019. And so it would always show up in my continue watching. But I was like, I am not watching it. Um, but when all of this stuff started to happen and we were trying to negotiate you know, what film to watch first in in the new world, the answer became clear. What do you do with endless hours at home? When all the rules have been rewritten, to what do you turn? You turn to Fantastic Beasts colon The Crimes of Grindelwald. Grindelwald. <laughs> Grindelwald. Well, you texted me, I think it was uh, when Catherine Waterston has a line that I think is quite literally, it's Grindelwald. And it, it, you just, 
which is helpful because who knows who is who in this movie. So Yeah. We should also say that we have a guest, but sort of a permanent guest. One uh, of our favorite friends. They let uh, me speak. Have... <laughs> Sandra letting... Randall, our they have let me speak Unleash this time. Him. Our and, silenced uh, producer. And we hope Unleash I have him. anything worthy to say. No, we need you for this, buddy. We always value your insight. First of all, thank mm. you for giving me this movie so that, um, <laughs> because here's what I'll say. Uh, have read two Harry Potter books, have seen two non- uh, sequential Harry Potter movies, uh, and which I, ones? Name names. Um, name names. The, which ones have you read, and which ones have you seen? I read the first and the second, and I've okay, that seen the first and like the fifth. Like Fifth's weird. a pretty good Interesting. one. I was just watching fifth before I came to talk to you guys. Actually, um, I like I that one. I like it too. I love and that book. That's my favorite of the books, which is a mine very too. controversial opinion. No, my t- you get a lot of flack for it. People are like, it's bloated. It's bad. I'm like, it's got the good stuff. It's got all the government bullshit that I like. Right. It's like, let's lay out the bureaucracy we've hinted at. And I'm like, ooh, finally. And I get yeah, very excited yeah. for that. But I think mm-hmm. why yeah. I'm saying thank you is because I went into this being like, great. It's a movie. This was a blockbuster if if this isn't understandable to someone who hasn't seen is not familiar with the canon, they've made a huge mistake. And um, what did they do? Huge mistake. I huge feel like mistake. I was you going insane. This is a movie. Might have been your fifty mistake, minutes though, in. Honestly. I was like, I still have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's like by fifty I, minutes, I should have a pretty good grasp of. It's two hours and fourteen minutes of proper nouns. <laughs> just whipped at you. Ugh. Speaking of the fifth Harry Potter book, it is doing significant work world building. It is all the cohesive world building of like Phantom Menace. I haven't seen, but... You've never seen Phantom Menace? No, I'm like not a Star Wars guy. Ay ay ay. Well, a primer to you then is like Phantom Menace is just the wacky George Lucas cutting loose and fitting in every like small creature alien setting that he clearly has had in a notebook for 40 years and just like throws right. it in there and it's well this just, is like, the david sims argument too that jk rowling has gone full george lucas yes and i think that is the most succinct way to put it my god it's really fun this to world build out of his mind it is and yeah no one's stopping her them anyone at all a little bit of background info Mm. on this franchise, I think, is worth doing. Yes, I think that's necessary, if anything, just for us to grasp uh, what we just witnessed. So Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is like a companion book to the Harry Potter series, but it is not a novel. It's not plotted. It's just like a little baby dictionary of kooky magical creatures, many of which like came from other mythologies. Um, it's like Yeah, it's like a leaflet the size of The Great Gatsby. But more Maybe even shorter. It's like 80 pages. I remember nice. having it. I feel like the money for it went to charity. Maybe mm-hmm. the last good thing J.K. Rowling has done. Uh, mm-hmm. Donate to charity. I mean, but we'll get yeah. into that. Um, Newt Scamander is like the quote unquote author, but he's not really a character in the Harry Potter world. But then 
post Harry Potter movie franchise, WB and JK Rowling looking to really cash in on that cow are like decide to spin off this series. They make one movie and then the next thing you know they're like and we're doing four more. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, there's so apparently a total of five more of these will come out. Oh my god. No. Yeah, and the well, thing is that I don't think the core cast consisting of like Eddie Redmayne and Catherine Waterston and Dan Fogler and whatever, I think they were just like we're gonna do one movie, or oh, they, they thought. Locked in I think maybe them. they thought they were doing three, and then suddenly it became five, and they were all like, they didn't tell us this. Yeah, I feel like the announcement for five came from David Yates, who's the director of all five of these purportedly had some interview with and the uh, final four harry potter films yes speaking of the fifth harry potter movie that's the first one he directs he comes from a background of doing you know every prestige miniseries on bbc he you know scoops up a zillion baptists for that and then he gets tapped to do harry potter five clearly jk rowling likes him and he does the rest of the harry potter movies and now five to be five of these wacko spinoffs. Yeah, I feel like Eddie Redmayne's, you know, manager read that uh, Hollywood Reporter article. It's like, oh, did you hear David Yates just said we're doing five of these? And they were like, what? That's how I imagine Eddie Redmayne heard about that. I watched Catherine Waterston on some late night show, like, find this, talk about how she just found out about this. And she was <laughs> not happy. Blink twice. And I love her. And I love her. I think she's great. I think she's great. Um, did you see the first Fantastic Beasts? Did either of you see? I, no. I did, and I do not. I remember it being, you know, a little chaotic, but definitely nothing like this. I kind of like mm-hmm. the first one. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. I think it, more in the first one than in this most recent one, Eddie Redmayne's performance is just sort of crazy. He's in, like, crazy mode. He can't hold his neck up straight. Yeah, I, I feel like he probably has a big theory about the physicality of his character but it just comes off as very i mean the character's supposed to be like i'm not comfortable with people i'm comfortable with animals but man oh man is it wacko yeah and i also i mean so the first fantastic beast comes out in the fall of 2016 post 2016 election and i think in that phase (laughs) of my life rather than be like good art will come of this time i was like oh i'm stressed so all art is automatically good now so I see Fantastic <laughs> Beasts in theaters. I'm like, actually, this is good. Who am I to say what is good and bad anymore? Um, you sort, yeah, you sort of let go of what your expectations were. You're like, great, this is we've passed through the portal. Uh, maybe totally, yeah, this is but great. I wasn't like I'm ready to see four more of these either. Right, it's like the escapist merit of art, which always exists, just becomes the forefront thing that you're looking for. It's like, no, take me away. Like, take me away right now. Totally. I can't wait so, for number five when they have like eighty six main characters. I can't. You know. I can't wait for number five and twenty. There's going to be so many beasts. That's for sure. Okay, let's put ten dollars on this right now. Are we getting five of these movies? Yes. I mean, yeah. Why would we not? Hollywood they make money. We'll do it. They make a lot of money. Why I was, would they not? I don't think they can. I watched this movie. I was like, Eddie Redmayne is 38. Like, are you telling me Eddie Redmayne's going to do this till he's 45? (laughs) Like, I felt very sad for him just in this one. What if they kill him? They can just kill him in the third one. What if they kill him? He might (laughs) beg to die in these. Um, You know what's also crazy about 
this sort of unprecedented quarantine time. Yeah. I think I'm going to watch the movie where he's in a balloon. Oh, they are not. No. It keeps yeah. being advertised to me on Prime. I'm like, if not now, no. then when? Is that the one where they scream <laughs> out the side? Him and yeah. Felicity Jones, like, scream. That looks fun. What yeah. is Eddie Redmayne's career? What is it? He's like a theater guy. Yeah. That yeah, means. he's theater. I like him. He won. What's he up to? He won a Tony for a play that he did with. I'm pretty sure uh, Alfred Molina. They did like a two man play called Red. I'm really spitballing this, but I think it was very successful. And yeah. then they, you know, spin him off into movies. I generally like him, but if you're like, what's a good Eddie Redmayne performance? I'm like, I don't know, Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, nice. I am rooting for him, but all of his movies are just totally cuckoo. Every totally. choice is insane. Totally. And I don't like any of his like big awards plays. Like I don't like Theory of oh. Everything. I refuse to ever see um, Danish Girl. We don't need to. No. Um, no. So anyway, one crimes of... One, one crimes one fantastic piece movie comes out i don't want to see any more but then what do they announce caroline what do they announce about the forthcoming movies they announce that in the next installment who's gonna play dumbledore but the one the only jude law he's the best teacher we've got thanks mclagan jude law is, is young, young dumbledore Albus dumbledore <laughs> uh, something um, no one asked for but we all happily received and yeah, folks, folks of our ilk are just like, okay. How dare you? How dare you drag me to see Fantastic Beasts 2? And we held out until the quarantine. And but now we've seen it. We did show up in the end, as we knew we would. We knew we would. Yeah. Uh, I want to say Jude's in, what, three scenes? He's doing a true Judy Dench in uh, Shakespeare in Love and that he's in it for eight minutes. Yeah? Yeah, he's in three scenes of the movie probably like 20 minutes tops two hour and 14 minute movie <laughs> and he looked great the entire time he, he looks amazing he looks fantastic i was gonna say great. one of the best parts of this movie is jude's beard and his three-piece suits yeah ace well this is interesting hmm. we have to talk okay do you want to place him on the matrix i want you to do it please okay he's he's british yes and he is gay yeah and this is what we must discuss is because i think they've sort of de-gayed dumbledore oh absolutely for in order for a jude law type to play him without acknowledging that jude plays gay phenomenally and often yeah yeah i I mean any listeners of our podcast will know the man has the range yeah so he's got kind of a grizzled look in this Mm -hmm. dumbledore um the character in the harry potter films famously played by two different actors Mm. Richard Harris, who that. passes away after the first two, and then Michael Gambon. <laughs> Michael Gambon. The Michael um, Gambon Dumbledore is so funny. It's so like, funny, but he, what, he just enters every room and screams. He screams the whole time. Harry, you put your name in a couple of fire. When I was a teenager, I really <laughs> loathed Michael Gambon Dumbledore, and as an adult, I think Michael Gambon Dumbledore is the funniest thing in the world because it's like Michael Gambon does not know what this character is, but it he does has no work. Idea. He barges into every room and he opens every scene yelling. It's like it's magnificent. Yeah, as a as a kid, I felt betrayed seeing that portrayal, and it's hysterical. You're so right. Right. The thing about Dumbledore also is that Dumbledore is gay at some right. point in time had 
a type of relationship with Grindelwald. Um, Grindelwald. It's Grindelwald. But only kind of alluded to in the final book, and it took, like, maybe a year or two after that book came out for J.K. Rowling to be like, yes, he is gay. And a big issue among many in the Harry Potter fandom is that in the decade plus since these books ended, J.K. Rowling, maybe twice a year, will just announce a new canonical fact about them that is supposed to, like, back influence how you read them. But books don't work like that. Right. Her announcing Dumbledore is gay was the first one of these she did, and we did not know at the time that it would be a pattern that every few months she would tweet out that, I mean, the joke's are plenty of, like, her going back and adding diversity to her story like we didn't know this would be a trend it was like she was doing some panel and she kind of slipped in like yeah dumbledore he's gay and everyone's like whoa interesting i remember and that we being we were huge in store for. news i remember it being like big news yeah she really like dropped that bombshell knowing the play it would get but it's now it's played out yeah now it's what it's um wizards would 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 not have bathrooms because they would just zap their shit away right <laughs> Yeah, that was like the last really crazy one. That's when they just kind of like. Which doesn't make sense. There is a bathroom. There are bathrooms in the story. Right, which is like what everyone said is like, well, then why does Harry Potter go to the bathroom to get into the Chamber of Secrets or whatever? It's like. Yeah, it's like just because you didn't write him going to the bathroom. Again, how do you think books work, my friend? Well, there's Uh. the famous Brian Feldman tweet that's like. JK Rowling wakes up. What's today's tweet? Spins large bingo cage. Hagrid is pansexual and he later joined ISIS. <laughs> but that that is like exactly what it becomes. Yeah. That is the consistency we've come to expect, which is none at random exhausting. Wait, right. so but yeah. To clarify, uh JK Rowling said that Dumbledore was gay because he had a relationship with Grindelwald because or or, because I definitely was watching this movie having absolutely no backstory and I was like picking up (laughs) on the tension I was like oh they I wrote in my notes I was like did they did they have a relationship which might be a thing I was like oh you're getting exactly what you're supposed to be getting or am I uh actually picking up on something Probably the former. I'm interested that you picked up on that. Wait, what What made you think that if, you know, not trying to put you on the spot? Because to me, there is one scene where they conjure a bunch of smoke figures as supposed to allude to, like, his past relationship. And I'm like, that's a wacko, like, I was thinking way to do exposition. The mirror scene. Um, yeah. Right? The, oh, the yeah. The mirror scene was just like, I was like, oh, yeah, they're holding hands. I mean, they're doing the blood pact thing. But I was picking up mm-hmm. a very uh, sexual vibe there. Okay, and I guess David Yates did his job. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's why. It's Which I was like, like cool, because... I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's good that you picked up on that. I'm not saying I need the actors who played Dumbledore to play it, like, offensively gay, but because <laughs> the actors who initially played him did not have that information, it informs no part of their performance. Mm. And because I think Jude is essentially doing, like, I think we must say Jude is playing young Richard Harris. That feels yeah. to be what the reference but he's not doing Gambin though that No, would he's be doing like so good. He's <laughs> so much better. No, he's doing like a gentler like he's father doing... figure. Right. But the sexuality is not inf- informing the performance in a way no. that I think is stupid. Yeah, it's informing the character and not the performance. Like the whole thing is Dumbledore can't go fight Grindelwald because they have this past. 
Right. But that's the whole, it, the whole one of many issues with these Fantastic Beasts <laughs> movies is that, like, okay, I was, like, a huge Harry Potter fan as a Same, teenager. Cool. And as an adult now, I do think it would thrill me to see a movie or have a book that takes place when these guys are all adults. Any of these characters, like, an adult story in the Wizarding World is very compelling to me because I love bureaucracy. Yeah. But in these movies, everyone acts like a child. Yes. These characters are, you know, based in nothing, are nothing. I think the best one could be Catherine Watterson. Like, I love her in general. I love her. She has almost nothing to do in this movie. I keep wanting to be like, we should talk about the plot of this movie. It has no plot. No, no, it has no plot. Um, it does something which I feel like we come across a lot in these movies where in the last, like at the end of the second act, there's a scene with a lot of exposition talking and introducing new concepts as big reveals all delivered in a monologue that's supposed to like raise the stakes. But really it's like, hey, let's just put a lot of conflict in the movie right here, right now. And that's going to be driving us through the third act. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who is everyone? What are you talking about? This, everything is told through monologues that are backed up by visual flashbacks. And it's just a piss poor way to tell a story. And so. the movie is fucking ugly. Oh my God. It's The movie oh, looked I'm... like shit minus the creature design, which is good. And the, the wardrobe is really good. I was going to say wardrobes were good. Can I say the sets were good? There was a couple times where I was like, cool, cool set. I, I'm just not crazy about the Harry Potter movie look in general, so I feel biased. I've always liked, I mean, I think the movies do a good job with Hogwarts and a good job with the Ministry and nothing else. I think the Ministry is good. Wait, Sandy, what did you like? What was cool to you? After we were just like, everything shit. Oh, what well, time you like two I'll things, I think two things. I will say sometimes the wardrobe was fantastic. I wanted to wear everything everyone was wearing. Um, the trench. I want to wear her oh trench, her leather duster. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like the some of the sets were cool. Like I liked the old elf's house with all like the drapery, and they're kind of like sneaking through. That was cool. Um, that little like cornery oh, loft yeah. apartment. Will we ever discuss Ezra Miller? I don't know, but keep the, going. The no, we have to. Details uh, we do. like throwing out all those details in the exposition, Caroline. But like for me, as just like a layman moviegoer also trying to wrap my head around whatever story is trying to be told plus all of the magic being thrown around and just being like is that like a fun thing or am i supposed to be paying attention to that what were the three biggest mistakes that you made last time and i'm just trying to grasp onto anything that looks like a handhold um sandy you love this movie i think if i watched it again i would like it exactly zero percent more or less. I think but this is such... the difference between the difference between you and me though is like I'm never watching this again. There is no if. Like I'm not watching this movie. I think again. what you're saying is that you are charmed by the magical world. In which case I would say there's okay. seven pretty good books for you. Well here's mm. here's what I'll say. And luck. I wanted to clarify something from before is like world building is fun. World building is fun in a writer's room. Um and then eventually you have to say, like, what's going to make the cut? What's going to make the page? You know, like, isn't it so much fun to invent a world and just be like, oh, and they could do this. And there's this thing. And, oh, is that? But, like, yeah, you end up have to, to put something to the page and justify it and, like, trim it down so that I'm not trying to wrap my head around 87 ways to, like, detect a crime scene 
in this magical yes. world. Or I'm like, what the hell's going on? Well, right. and that's the thing with all the JK Rowling tweets is that it's like, I wasn't, I didn't need to know this. I, w I am totally willing to operate on suspension of disbelief with like wizarding bathrooms or whatever. Yeah. Like, right. And this whole series is like her throwing out more world building stuff that I was like, I don't need to know what happened to Newt Scamander, that he wrote a book. Right, the entire premise of this is ringing dry that IP. So it's like go into your notebooks, like and things that should have stayed in notebooks or for characters to or any other department to inform their decisions for a cohesive movie and story. Instead, it's like, well, let's just open those up and put as much of that on screen at once. Okay, question for the group: um, Mandalorian, yes or no? Love it. I haven't yes. watched. Don't don't engage with Star Wars. I'm just saying I because I think the Mandalorian in in many ways I was excited for it because I was like oh Star Wars that's not like trying to be heroes blasting trying to save the entire universe it's like I would love like a side Star Wars where it's like just give me people trying to deal with stuff it feels like the the fantastic beasts is like this grandiosity thing where it's like yeah we didn't need the little like Boba Fett character to have his own thing like, just keep it simple. Give me, like, politics of the magic agencies. That'd be cool. When they And the end of the first one, when it becomes this whole Grindelwald thing, you kind of know from the books that they're going to have to wrap in young Dumbledore. And then it just is like, okay, so we're doing another, like, big good versus evil thing. But, like, these movies are going to be about Newt's commander, who's, like, essentially, like, a neutral player learning that he has to, like, pick a side of which he will pick the good side. Like, I don't care. He's not a good main yeah. character, yeah? No. It doesn't have to be like, the Jesus Christ story of the magical world. Like, you don't need the biggest good versus evil fight. And to your point, Sandy, about the Mandalorian, it's like that works because we have this established world, but we are really following side characters in a massive universe, and there's a focus on cohesive story, knowing where you are, knowing what you're trying to accomplish, and there isn't some end point that you have to tie in you know, the most mythical creatures and figures of this universe. Like, you just have to do these backflips that give you large chunks of exposition in the middle of your movie when you have to tie it into the biggest story of all time for this world. It's Grindelwald. Yeah. No, I think you, I think you really nailed it. And, like, I think with these side stories, too, there's, like, a case that someone would make that it's, like, no side story. There is no such thing as a side story where there's this big good versus evil thing but it's like yes there are there are people who don't factor into this and people who yeah. sort of like ignore what's happening not to be like in the real world but you see people in various states of being affected by what's happening right now yeah and it's also been done before in every single major universe story world and there's some really yeah. fascinating side stories you can do but this is not one but right. it's like you have to, if you sort of have to pick a good side character and it sounds like um, you both are in agreement that Newt Scamander is not. Am I saying his name right? Is he's not a yeah, good, you are. He's not like a good side character. Just happens to be like a book that people enjoy. He's You're good like, for one movie. But his whole point is he's not a leading man. You know, he's not like a main character who's going to save the world. And maybe like he uses that that dragon to like save the day, I guess. But that's cool. That was cool. 
Yeah, it's you pick the wrong character. If you want to have a story that is, in fact, this good versus evil massive fight, don't make your main protagonist a person who is completely unconflicted and, if anything, avoids conflict. You know, we're not talking hero's journey where someone, you know, tries to resist the conflict for the first act and then gets involved. This is a guy whose whole thing is, I just want to do good. I always know what good is, and I'm just going to try my darndest but it's like the stakes are far too high for you to be the person drawing us through this story. You know, he's too, he's already good. Like his whole thing is I'm a good guy. Yeah. He's never tested. He's never wavering. Yeah. Speaking of good guys who are wavering, let's get back to Jude. Dumbledore. With the less conspicuous rooftops full then. I do enjoy a view. Jude. I miss him. Should we talk about his three scenes? I think they're all pretty good scenes. Yeah, let's talk about Jude's three scenes. First we, of all, nighttime. Nighttime. Jude exterior, after hours. Night. Yeah, Jude after hours, exterior, night, bridge, Paris? Paris. No, London. in London, because he's yeah. sending a glove appears. Yeah, to, oh, he goes to the top of St. Paul's. He's guided by a glove to the top of St. Paul's. Who's up there, Fran? Um, it's Jude Law's young Albus Dumbledore. And now that I'm thinking of it, like a disembodied glove beckoning someone is gay. <laughs> I'm right. starting to have this realization thinking about the three scenes and being like, actually, this is an extremely gay character. I've always felt an affinity with the great magical birds. Newt's commander is like, oh, it's my old gay professor. <laughs> yeah. So at this point in time... Dumbledore is not yet the headmaster. He's teaching defense against the dark arts. I thought he taught transfiguration, but I'm not going to be a stickler for that. Um, I don't remember. I thought canonically he did. They he might have taught ha- many subjects. We have a glimpse of a young McGonagall in the next Jude scene, which I should say we get both a flashback and a present scene of him teaching defense against the dark arts. But um, surprising to me that they did not cast a Famo as a young McGonagall, but I guess they don't care about Did women. Did we even get a shot of yeah. her? I feel like we just no, heard it. No, she's like out of focus. She's in the background, yeah. Yeah, she's just out of focus and has the accent. My sister brought up that it's not even, the timeline is not right, that McGonagall would be a student at that time, I think. I don't know. Well, none of the numbers have ever made sense. Right. Out, she's like, there's, you know, she's always like there's 10,000 people at yeah. Hogwarts. And it's like, I know of seven. I can name you seven. And it's like, I'm supposed to believe there are 250 students in each dorm. That's crazy. Yeah. Come on. I've seen that dorm. Um, Can't fit them. Yeah, totally. Really, just the second big scene, which is Jude teaching, Dumbledore teaching, is teaching like, Bogarts again. It's only a Bogart. It can't hurt you. Slender Flareon isn't real and can't hurt you. Teaching Bogarts, which is the one thing we only ever see defense against the Talk about exposition. The the exposition creature, a Bogart. True, but it's so effective. I know, I love it. And I loved it in this. And I was, when Jude is being so sweet with the students, I keep saying Jude. Jude is in the Harry Potter (laughs) universe. Um, Watching young Dumbledore with students is very pleasant. Yeah. Totally nice. She's a good teacher. Totally nice, great teacher, beloved by all in the magical community. Gentle with the students, where do you think Jude Law is quarantining? I think he's in like his big old townhouse in a nice part of London, getting delivery food, FaceTiming people. This is crazy. Unless he's in like a holiday style country house. FaceTiming Johnny Lee Miller. All right, scene two was teaching the children. Uh, no, scene two, I guess, has like an extended part where he goes and talks to Zoe Kravitz, who looks amazing this whole movie, by the way. She 
looks amazing. She's playing uh, a Lestrange. A Lestrange. I don't understand the family tree of this. So much of this don't movie. Care. Okay, we just have to talk about this. So much of this movie is about Ezra Miller's character, whose name is laughably Credence. Clearwater Revival, yeah. <laughs> I actually thought of that every single time. Like, it was like... Oh, me too. Me too. I'd be like, shut up, and it would just come back every single time they said his name. Yeah, everyone's on the hunt for Ezra Miller. Exhausting. I'm sure he loves that. Yeah. What was his little friend, the snake gal? What? Oh, Nagini? Is, is she Nagini. in the first one? Because... No, really Nagini's exhausting. No, 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 Nagini, <laughs> Nagini is Voldemort's snake. I'm just going to tell you. It's Voldemort's snake. It's another okay, exhausting cool, 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 world-building cool. thing that no one asked for. Where There's a snake that follows around Voldemort, which is fine with it just being a snake. And she's like, actually, it's an anim- animagus. Because she, right? uh, she turned into a snake permanently. Yeah. Did she? I guess. Because I guess she she's never like a woman and she's a snake and you're like, she does it well, enough times. Well, they're saying she will turn into a snake. Well, that okay, that's the other thing about these is like, Rowling is obsessed with just like laying groundwork for stuff that's to come and to a point where it's like, it's all Easter eggs. Like, well, that's the I don't need right. George Lucas issue. Right. It's like, yeah. we don't need a, a, a cantina every single movie. Um, but every time we go see a Star Wars movie, there's always a cantina scene where you're just like, yeah, how many weird fucking characters can you get in a room? Like, I don't I care. Don't know. Like, how many dive bars are there in Bushwick? Yeah. It makes sense to me, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess I see what you mean. But without scenes like that, we would not get Justin Thoreau in The Last Jedi. Thank you. I needed that. I will watch Last Jedi again for him, like rolling those dice. Oh, it's so pleasant. It's so nice. I like I like that movie. That's one of the three Star Wars I have seen. Really? That's mm-hmm. strange. I'm a freak bitch. You don't. I say that all the time. Actually, you are a freak bitch. I've been Thank watching you. Leftovers. Speaking of Thoreau, this is amazing this show. A amazing. Big show. time for Thoreau for me. He grew up like around my parents' house. I learned this. That's great. That's great. Hoping Ray's bar can make it through this this type of crisis. Oh my god. I I mean I'm sure. Yeah, the backers will come up with something. Him and Nicholas Braun will put their heads together and. Keep Ray's bar open for us until we go back to pay $7 for a high life. Bless. <laughs> um, I don't I do it every time. I act like I'm better than it. I'm not. No. Who could be? Um, mm. Oh, we Miller. were saying Ezra Miller we have to touch on. Yeah, everyone's looking for Ezra Miller. He's somehow related that, to Did him. you understand any of what was going on with the Ezra Miller character? Uh, it made me very mad, but I did back up and rewatch when there is that long monologue delivered by whoever the hell that was who explains the family tree and how Zoe Kravitz and uh, Ezra Miller are somehow related. And I still didn't really grasp what? it. But they're not really related. What? She was mad that he cried a lot, so switched out the babies, and then the boat sank. No, I think it's. I think they have the same dad, yeah. and they're from two different mothers. But I still don't know why that's significant. I don't like. It's like okay. I no, do. they're not related at all. I thought they were related. No, the he's a random scene. baby that she swapped out. Oh, 
Okay. See, this shit doesn't make any sense. And then the big reveal, the big reveal at the end is inexplicably Credence. There's this whole scene where they're like, your name's not Credence. It's actually Corvus. And then they're like, you're not Corvus. You are Credence. And I was like, what? And I was like, I'm pulling my hair out. I hate this so much. But oh, I it, blacked all that out. But then at the end, they're like, your name's Dumbledore. Right. Which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> which is crazy i was so in the dark i i i reached to rewind i'm like you know what i don't care i I no no yeah as if like watching it three times you're gonna get it i know there's nothing for me in the last half hour of that movie i'm like i'm not gonna figure it out in a rewarding way i think i did half i wrote in my notes i wrote wait why does grindelwald want to kill credence and that may have been just me being stupid but I no, you're right. I, I like, don't know. I, I don't know. Half the time, I was like, okay, he, uh, Grindelwald wants to, like, uh, the wizarding world, he wants to, like, uh, bring them together and, like, I guess cause chaos. Grindelwald is, like, an, is a Hitler sort of. I feel figure. like we never got the, like, right. it's the rise of Goldfinger, fascism, right. you know, in the, in the basement, like, well, I want to uh, steal gold from Fort Knox. Like, I want, I do want a bad guy exposition. The line is, it will be dynamited. That is the best line from Goldfinger. <laughs> and it's the, one of the best deliveries of a line. It will be dynamited. That's how he talks about blowing up Fort Knox. It will be dynamited. Man has climbed Mount Everest, <laughs> gone to the bottom of the ocean, split the atom. Fired rockets to the moon. Uh, blah, 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 That's blah. It. But hasn't I solved this, crime. I love this feature. Man has climbed Mount Everest. Gone to the bottom of the ocean. He has fired rockets to the moon. Split the atom. Achieved miracles in every field of human endeavor. Except crime. Oh, and he has a pointer and he taps it on the little mini model. I think... I and think, James um, Bond is, of course, in the model. So yeah. I feel like I spent most of the time being like, what? Does anyone want in this movie? The Crimes of Grindelwald is a poorly written movie. <laughs> the thing about Grindelwald is that we didn't know he was going to be a figure in this until the mm-hmm. very end of the the first one. Yeah. Right. You think the villain is just I feel it's it's Colin Farrell and I feel like uh. he's just playing some ministry whatever. The cruelest bait and switch, by the way, is thinking it's going to be Colin Farrell in the last five minutes. It turns into Johnny Depp. It feels <laughs> wrong. And so this movie starts with, like, Grindelwald slash Johnny Depp escaping from prison. But it's just like, you don't know who this guy is. He wasn't even in the last movie. We, His crimes are, like, Hitler adjacent. So, it, re- it I mean, it relies on the fact that you know sort of about fascism, which I guess we all do. But... <laughs> I still don't really get how this character is different from Voldemort. He's not interesting. Not. John Depp is bad in this. Oh, he's bad. Is and is and sorry, I said all the character design was good except for Grindelwald, who sucks. No, and he looks like budget Voldemort. Right. His hair is the same color as his skin. That's a bad look. You know what I mean? Two, yeah. Two different color eyes. That's cool. Uh, it, no, it's boring, Sandy. No. It's like I've seen oh one of those God. dogs, you know? Right. He's so, a husky. He's a husky. He's a yeah. husky. I wish he was. Um, Could be the opening right, escape he's fascism. Scene, I thought when they dr- he drowned people within the carriage. I mean, who saw that coming? I mean, that would have been good, but it was filmed like Garbaggio. It, I, like, I feel untethered the whole time. 
I'm ne- there's no sense of urgency. There's no sense of urgency in any of these conflicts, too. It's kind of like, okay, so the carriage are going to have people drowning, but no one significant's going to die. I still don't know who anyone in this scene is. And no one so. significant's going to come back? In the rain. Yeah. Ugh. This should suck. And it basically ends. It ends with Dumbl- young Dumbledore. It ends with Jude. And they're like, you're going to have to decide whether or not you want to fight Grindelwald, even though you made a pact to say that you would never fight him. Which is like, <laughs> oh, Gee, I wonder. what's he going to decide <laughs> in order for right. there to be three more movies? Yeah, turns out you really kneecap yourself when you write a story for something you've already given the ending to in like a seven book long series. It's kind of like... Is Grindelwald yeah. going to be the big bad guy in all of this, or are they going to are they going to move on to someone else? Do we no, have, do we have three more movies of this conflict of Johnny? Yeah, Depp? I Jesus. think it's three if more movies of John Depp. Well, you probably think Johnny Depp's <gasps> probably going to die in the next one, and then Credence is going to be the big Ugh. the big lightsaber duel at the end. Miller. But the thing is, like, we already know. It's gonna be like, yeah, because it ends. It ends with Dumbledore and Grindelwald fighting. That's how this all ends. This is like the historic fight they're always referencing in the Harry Potter books. So it wouldn't be Credence, right. or otherwise we'd know about that from the books, oh. unless she's just sort of retroactively blowing up her own shit, which is like kind of fascinating. But yeah, not it's like good. that chocolate frog card never existed. Yeah. You know. So why does but- Newt need to be in this movie at all? Great question. <laughs> Great Andy. question. Great question. Maybe they kill him. Also a great question. Great question. When the old ass skeleton looking guy showed up and was like, I'm Nicholas <laughs> Flamel, I could have thrown my laptop out the window. Okay. I was so, yeah. You What's might... he doing there? One of my favorite, my, I will say, I will say on record, my favorite thing in this whole movie is Nicholas Flamel running to the crystal ball. <laughs> Loved it. Did you know who he was? No idea. No, I, I knew Nick <laughs> Flamel. I knew Nick Flamel was like, that was something that, Hermione was, I, I, I was Nicholas Flamel. Okay. That's, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a very Emma Watson uh, cadence in my head. I have to say, because I'm going to have writing about this movie coming out. Really? Eventually. Not, no, not this movie, but <laughs> about uh, Prime of Miss Jean Brody, that it's very funny to uh, cast Maggie Smith as sort of like a, a teacher, having this in her sort of like repertoire. Two very different types of teachers. Talk about the rise of fascism, am I right? Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're so right. Are you glad to have seen this? Yes, because at some point I was going to have to, and I feel like I've just kind of extracted that poison, you know? Jude is as good as he needs to be in these. Yeah, he's really holding the line. I don't think this is a phoned-in performance. No, it's no Captain Marvel. No, he's really being like a warm, sensitive teacher. He's well, there. Like, I think he hates that he's in Captain Marvel, but he's in Captain Marvel. Whereas, like, I think I remember when he was doing all the press for this movie, he's like, my kids read Harry Potter. Like, I know Harry Potter. I know this character. Yeah. Like, That's I good. think it feels nice for him to do this. Yeah. And obviously not draining on his schedule. He's not required to do major press and he's on set for like a week. Yeah. Two weeks, maybe. And he sits up on the desk and his butt looks great. Oh, amazing. Well-tailored pants. Well-tailored through Amazing. Amazing. Maybe gay. I guess gay. Yeah. When, you know, as we teased it out. Yeah. Gay. The fact that Sandy picked up on it, too. I'm like, that's impressive. All right. Then it's just but me I being, knew like, it. not gay I knew enough. that Dumbledore was gay, which may, means oh. I could have easily put together that I was like, well, maybe they're trying to hint something here with the, the relationship. But 
I don't know. I mean, I can't make a head nor tail out of anything or anyone in this movie. So the fact that I couldn't tell doesn't mean shit. Who is Credence? <laughs> Who cares? God. What's well, so interesting, everyone in this world, it feels like in a wizarding world, everyone has to be like a little kooky or a little like keyed up or like just cranked up to 11 just to like make it believable that we're in like a magical world. Whereas... Jude is playing this character who's just like a very sweet, down-to-earth, smart character. And you're like, oh, this is so wonderful and refreshing. What if all wizards were like this? It is, but it's also like that's not what the Dumbledore character is. I know. know? To bring it back to Fran's point, though, what if everyone mm, acted like an adult in this movie, kind of the way Jude is? That is true. He's, He's like the one person doing an adult performance. Man. Catherine Waterston, great coat. Her coat is my favorite part of this movie. I just I just love her. She has nothing to do in this movie. I hope we can get her out of these and into some good shit. Alien Covenant. God. Whew, what a great picture. Oh. You ever I see that see. shit? No, I didn't oh see that. Oh my shit. god. Yeah? I wanna say what is the big thing in it is. Don't tell me. I'll watch. I think it's streaming somewhere. It's so good. Danny McBride amazing in it. What? How did I not see this? I saw this at like on a like a Monday night back in Chicago the week the weekend after it came out, but there was inexplicably a packed house. Whoa, and that sounds everyone nice. was like Remember screaming that? at all the right places. Everyone had seen an alien movie before, so we all knew what the deal was, and it's like the most fun I've ever had. I love Alien Covenant. And she's so good. Alright, I'll watch that. I didn't know she's in it. I'm a huge fan of hers. I Watching this resolve to watch Inherent Vice again in the near future. I'll pay to rent. I don't care. I haven't seen that movie since theaters, and I did not like it. But every time I see a clip of it, it cracks me up. Uh, I just semi-recently rewatched it. It's pretty good. Get Catherine Watterson better work. Get her out of these. Save her. Or at least get her a scene with Jude. Yeah, get her in a scene with Jude. Do we have anything else to say about this movie? Yeah, let's close the book on this. I'm, I'm tired. Loved it. <laughs> loved it. We're going to have to keep seeing these. Oh, can't wait God. to see what happens next. Five. I can't wait to watch all of these oh. with you guys in a movie theater again. Yes, day. indeed. I did, Friend, it's I happening. I did write in my notes. I did write in my notes. Um, oh, I get it. Newt is Ace Ventura. <laughs> now that's a take. That is, um, we have to end on that. We, <laughs> there's not more to be said. There's not and more to be said. And that's why we Thank have you. him on the show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Ben Kling for our theme song, Karen Hahn for our artwork, Sandra Randall, guest and producer extraordinaire. He's Ace Ventura. We'll be back whenever we're back, you know? Hey, we're not going anywhere for a bit. True. True. Thank you, guys. Good night.